Bonjour, je m'appelle Jacqueline. J'habite à Charlotte. Je parle français et vous écoutez The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show, a podcast all about loving, living and learning languages. Hello, Fluent fam. Hello, everyone who's listening. My name is Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk and I'm here to tell you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. Yesterday, something very interesting happened in the world of making a podcast about things that are interesting to do with learning a language. Ooh. And if I'm sounding a little bit strained and my voice is a little bit less full <laughs> for you today, that is, um, it's, it's because I've just returned from London where we had the first time ever trying out Fluent Show's exciting new microphones. And I now have uh, all the equipment together for making a little mobile studio. I'm going to see and going to record people and interview them on the road. And we tried that out with David Peterson, the creator of many a wonderful artificial, artificial, created, fictional language. All three of those are true. The creator of Dothraki and High Valyrian in Game of Thrones. The creator of languages for shows like The 100. There were over 20 languages that he's created. So David and I sat down and recorded an interview. And I haven't gone through the audio for it yet. So you've got to wait a few weeks before we are ready to bring you that. But it's an exciting interview. And I hope you're going to absolutely enjoy it. Also coming up in the next episode, I've got an interview with Alexa little from 3000 languages you're going to love that as well but let's stay present mindful in the here and now today i'm going to be answering a listener question from kuba and it was it's a it's a tough one i've made a lot of lot of notes Listeners, before I go into that, you know we have a sponsor to thank, but also I have got a big piece of news for you. It's small news at the moment. You'll be hearing lots more about it, but I wanted to let you know first that our new Patreon page is finally live. How many times have I mentioned this? How many times have you thought, oh, I wonder if the Fluent Show has a Patreon? The answer has always been no, except today it's not. The Fluent Show now has a Patreon. So if you want to support the podcast, you can become a member of the Fluent Podcast community. Join me really early if you like this show and you want to get involved. There are a few really cool benefits up for grabs, like outtakes and hidden extra audio behind the scenes. We're working on putting out a secret feed. So all of that can just come to your phone. You'd subscribe to a special subscriber exclusive feed plus there's a few more pictures and q a's and lots of information i'm so excited to hear from you as my first patreon community member so check it out at patreon.com slash fluent show i'll read you the question from kuba first before we talk about our sponsor because i think they're related and this question like i said it it threw me a little bit there are many theories about What goes on in the human brain when we're speaking another language, when we are just speaking a language? And Kuba came from a very interesting angle. This is in relation to a previous show that I made where I talked about notes, attention to detail and how to take notes for language learning. And I will also put the episode about creating a language learning notebook in the show notes so that you can listen to that. 
Here's what he said. Kirsten, you said that for writing, you need to pay attention to the details, which is true. When you're writing for another language, you need to pay attention to detail because every grammar mistake, every little punctuation botch is going to show up and there's nowhere to hide. But for speaking, Kuba says, you need to have a fast reaction. So that would mean to have two different kinds of notes. How do you organize that? I'm learning Japanese. Revising vocab on Memrise doesn't help me for speaking at all. So there must be a different way to organize vocabulary to help you speak better. Is there? Now, while we're talking about speaking, I'll get to this in a second, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. One place, if you want to get speaking practice in another language, is italki. Italki is an online platform allowing you to find one of over 10,000 online teachers who are excited to teach you their language. This week, I enjoyed a class with Gwyneth from Wales and we spoke in Welsh. It was so much fun. I hadn't spoken Welsh in a in a few months, I would say, really. And I could tell myself going from rusty, hesitant, oh, to the Manchur city, city Sharad Kamraig. And um, by the end of even a half hour lesson, I was speaking faster, I was reacting faster, and I was presenting with a lot more confidence. So this helps and it is quick, even if you're on the, the intermediate levels where I am. Regular speaking practice is a core part of language learning. Now, Gwyneth lives in Prague. I live in England and she helps me speak Welsh. That's the joy of learning a language online and finding an online teacher is that you are location independent. You only need your laptop. And in fact, we had a problem with Skype. So we both used our phones and still were able to connect with video chat on the phone. It was amazing. I didn't have to leave the house. I was able to fit this lesson into my day and really dig into speaking Welsh for half an hour. If you want an online lesson that fits into your schedule, fits into your life and is very easy to access and very affordable, do not look past italki. It is such a great resource. I love having italki as a sponsor. This type of sponsor is great because I'd use it anyway. Language learners use it anyway and it makes so much sense for me to tell you about this. Now, Kuba, if you have gotten some speaking practice in Japanese, it may also have been through italki. I'd love to hear from you. If you're a listener who is new to this whole Italki Malaki, Italki Malaki, I like that, I've got $10 for free for you. That is the gift Italki give to you as a Fluent Show listener. So go and check them out. See, see where you can find a tutor. Schedule a trial lesson. It's completely non-obligatory. You can do that at fluentlanguage.co.uk slash Italki. So that's $10 yours for free to spend on language learning. Yay! fluentlanguage.co.uk slash italki. Now let's get back to this, to this question. Is there a different way to organize vocabulary notes to help you speak better? And in order to answer these questions, I asked myself a different question, as I so often do with questions in my mind everywhere. How do people speak and how do you, what happens when we make notes, what happens when we speak and why is it that, you know, as Kuba said, memorize and things like that don't really work when we're speaking. How here is here is what I found. And I've got a, a few research um, notes for you as well. There are other theories out there and very interesting and valid theories generally about speaking and what happens when we're speaking. So this is one for the adult foreign language learner. 
Most vocabulary revision happens in writing and it is aimed to get words into our long-term memory so that we can access them without having to look them up, without having to um and ah, and we can access them quickly. But speaking is a lot faster than writing. Yeah, so you, you have to recall so much faster and it requires more mental effort than just recalling words. And this is called the cognitive load. So the cognitive load is about how hard you has to, your brain has to work in the moment and how much stuff, how many, how, much, how many tasks your brain is juggling when things come at it. Now, here is what I understand about cognitive load. And this is a bit of a primer for thinking about notes in general. Humans draw information from working memory. Working memory, think of it a bit like a, like a computer. It's the thing that makes, makes stuff happen, makes you move, makes you speak, puts things together. And from long-term memory too. And in conversation, there is also a demand on your working memory because you've got to process a lot of new information coming in. Sounds and patterns and word order, grammar rules, recognizing familiar words, working out what the meaning is of, of what the other person is saying, choosing what is the most likely meaning. So you're also, you're, you're wagering, you're making assumptions. That is a lot of work. And as you respond, you continue with the demand on your brain because you are choosing, adapting, planning, remembering sounds, expressing yourself, using gesture, modulating your vocal tone. Again, so much you're thinking about the impact that your speech is having. Then perhaps you're starting this concurrent brain of train of thought that also sets off from the station that is called insecurity to the station that is called, I don't know, infinity, <laughs> where you're starting to worry because you're not quite as quick and you're not feeling quite as accomplished as you do in your native language. And before you know it, it's exhausting and your brain is firing on all cylinders. Brains are amazing, aren't they, that, that we can even do this. Now, to whittle this down, what you need to have a successful exchange in another language is a few different things that come together. Number one, language building blocks. You need the words, you need sentences, you need the, the chunks, as many teachers like to have you reverse, revise chunks. You need all that in your long-term memory because otherwise it's just not there. So if there's a word that you straight up don't know, that's not in your long-term memory. If there's a word that is that you kind of know or you kind of knew, know that you knew it at some point, that may have been in your long-term memory and it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite fixed enough yet. <laughs> this is my, my very non-neuroscientific way of putting it. But you sort of have a tip of the tongue moment, which a lot of people have studied. You also need sufficient stored skill in the language. So you don't just need the words and sentences. You also need the skill to know how all this stuff fits together. Grammar rules, pronunciation rules, awareness of what interaction is like in the other language. So all of that stuff you need it for speaking, of course, but you even need language skill and building blocks to understand, even to just understand in that language. Wow. Now for speaking, you also need the processing power to take everything from your working memory and your long term memory and make it into language that makes sense. And this is called 
by John Sweller, who is an educational psychologist who has researched the cognitive load. He calls this environmental organizing and linking principle. So you need the building blocks, you need the skill, and then we need to link it all together. You need to organize. Here is something that John Sweller wrote that I felt was really relevant. It's a good way of describing this. Triggered by environmental signals... Appropriate information can be transferred from long-term to working memory in order to allow us to generate action relevant to our environment. In this way, information stored in long-term memory under the information store principle transforms us. We can carry out activities that otherwise would be beyond us. The more information pertaining to a second language that is stored in long-term memory, the better we are able to use that language. So Sweller's theory here argues that as an adult learner who wants to have wants to function wants to have another a conversation in another language the key is to go in as prepared as you possibly can be he he argues it's a mistake to assume that adults will learn best from in, immersion in an environment where they've not prepared adequately you've got to have everything in your long term memory in order to be able to use it because if you don't say if you were hoping to rely on on just notes or if you're hoping to just figure it out causes overload stops you from taking in new information but and puts you in a situation where you are not prepared in the right way so going back to from that to our topic for this show thinking about our notes maybe now we can start to think about what kind of notes might come in handy when you are trying to speak another language Kuba, as you have correctly, or I would say correctly from this, and I agree with you, as you have quite accurately described, apps like Memrise or Duolingo, they're going to be fairly useless to you in a situation where you are right in the middle of speaking. At that point, there is no more space in your mind to pay attention to these apps because they're demanding completely different brain activities and they want your attention away from speaking from the direct interaction so you've got you've got work to do somewhere else in a conversation one other tip that i have seen for notes in the past is about scripting so the more of the conversation your intended conversation you script out the easier it might be and that can come in handy because it cuts helps you to cut down on the demand of this organizing and linking all that language in the moment now what is impossible is to script out a whole conversation that also feels spontaneous and when people talk about i want to have a conversation in a foreign language what we mean is i don't what we mean is not i want to phone somebody up and read them the sales call script or whatever really what we're talking about is i want to have a spontaneous genuine conversation where i'm expressing myself i want to feel like i'm expressing myself and connecting that cannot be scripted the reality here is if you are in a conversation where there is skill demand that is beyond you and that is almost any conversation at the start and it's just normality so the reality is that in normal life when you're learning another language you want to speak, there will be a communication breakdown at some point. It's just going to happen because our long-term memory can be amazing. But if we don't practice speaking, we're not experienced with all linking. If we don't revise the vocab beforehand, get the vocab into our long-term memory, it's just not going to 
be there. If we haven't practiced the skill of language, if we haven't practiced all the rules, then we have, we'll have a load of words that we shout at people, but we're not going to be able to put them all together. So reality is, unless you practice all that organizing, there's always going to be a communication breakdown at some point. So the question is, how do we deal with it? How do we smooth it over? My advice here would be to reduce the amount of time and the amount of embarrassment that the breakdown takes up. To some extent, and this is what a lot of people describe, this, this becomes a lot, a lot easier the more time you spend practicing. Number one, because you, your brain becomes more used to the knowledge, the fact that a communication breakdown does not mean complete failure, loss of face, absolute embarrassment. It's not a disaster. You just learn how to deal with it, how to pick it up and go from there. The other part of this as well is that the more this happens, the more used you become to it, you become more used to your strategies as well. And you learn perhaps vocabulary and skills to deal with that type of situation. What might be helpful, number one, could be, because we're still thinking about notes here, keeping relevant vocabulary on hand. If you are happy to manage that moment of breakdown while you look it up. It won't allow you to respond instantly, but it can help you get over that moment. Another thing that you can do is learning good standard techniques for smoothing over the moment so that you can help your conversation partner and yourself out by letting them know what's happening. So this is the social dimension that is so, so important in conversations because when you're practicing your writing or when you're listening to, when you're watching Netflix or you're listening to a podcast in another language... You, you're not exposed to all of the risks of losing face in conversation. So into your long-term memories, or perhaps just in front of you, put sentences like, give me a second to look this up. Or a good question there is, can you repeat the sentence? Even if you think you understood the other person, your brain's still just really intense. So you can reduce that cognitive load that working linking ah, activity in your brain because maybe you didn't hear something right for the first time and also you're hearing that sentence not for the first time said by that person in another accent so saying can you repeat that sentence can you repeat that sentence practicing how to say that in your target language can be super, super helpful. And just think of any other polite ways of asking them to help you out in the, in the moment. The truth is that there is absolutely no set of notes that will make your reactions faster in a conversation because as soon as you focus on notes, you are not focusing on the conversation and it's going to slow you down. So you can't make reactions faster. A script is probably going to come closest but as we discussed, there are other issues with a script. The purpose of notes in a conversation is actually to deal with the fact that you are too busy speaking to add more information into your long-term memory in that moment. You're not going to be building a memory palace while also having a conversation. That's why it's important to ask your tutor or your conversation partner to note the new vocabulary down or to scribble it up or type it up for yourself for later review. It is so helpful to review 
the new words that came to you in a conversation. What you want, then the perfect notes for having a conversation, in my mind, is to just have a good blank page. And the discipline and the habit of reviewing what came at you in that conversation. I've got a few extra tips for how you can study vocabulary to make speaking easier for yourself. So these again might come in handy, but Kuba, from what I have read and from what my experience tells me, there, there are no notes that will make speaking faster, but there are notes that make you get more out of speaking. And there are strategies such as the polite ways of asking for the help that you need that will make it a little bit easier for you to deal with communication breakdown. Communication breakdown, by the way, happens, doesn't it just, in our native languages too. So many occasions when maybe you, you can't remember a word, maybe you, you're very, very tired, you're pointing at the charger and you're saying, give me the thingy-magic, and the other person doesn't know what the thingy-magic is. If I counted all the tiny communication breakdowns between me and my husband that happened in one day, I think we'd probably get to a good number. <laughs> so again, not the end of the world, not a reflection on your skill as a language learner. So keep that growth mindset as we discussed. Keep that, keep that all in, in relation. In the grand scheme of things, you're doing amazing. Now here are my final three tips for how you can study vocabulary to make speaking easier for yourself. And this is more, it's not in conversation. So do these outside conversations. Tip one, get somebody to speak the vocab to you in another language and then say it in your native language and then get somebody to say everything in your native language or your, your origin language and then say it all in your target language. So both ways around, you want to, you want to review speedy recall, ideally with another person, in your native, from your native language into the other language and from the other language into your native language because you've got to be fairly provisioned both ways. Tip number two, jumble up the order of all the words that you're revising, especially if you work from a handwritten list because what can happen is you accidentally memorize the list rather than memorizing the meanings. And if you're using, say, your phone or any other digital note-taking device, every now and then put that phone down and review from handwritten notes. So again, these two different modes, it gets you used to reacting to different environments. Tip number three, write yourself a script. Ah, we, we talked before about the script. And my logic here, especially if you're fairly early in your language learning, is if you write yourself a script, you will find it helpful and you will have already done the organizing and linking of many expressions that you might want to put together. You don't have to use it. Write it anyway, because it prepares you for what you may want to be saying. It prepares you for for what you may want to express. This really goes hand in hand with what we read in the in the Sweller theory there, which is that the more information pertaining to a second language is stored in long-term memory, the better you're able to use that language. And if you put the information together and you already do all the organizing and then you've got it in your long-term memory, or even if it's not 100% in your long-term memory, but it's, it is in your memory, perhaps in your recent memory, then you will be able to use the language better. So do write that script. Don't hesitate. Don't put yourself under pressure to use it because that might not be socially what you're aiming for. 
Kuba, I hope these revisions and reflections and tips help you think about how to best organize your notes for language learning. I really think the best conversation notes that you can have are the ones that you have after, not the ones that you have before. And good luck for your Japanese learning projects and for learning with lots and lots of notes. Listeners, that's it from the Fluent Show for today. I do have a final reminder for you that number one, the Fluent German Retreat is open and we still have places. So if you haven't looked on the website yet and you're a German learner and you're just after a week in the country of speaking German, 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 German mit mir, with me <laughs> and having me on hand as a tutor, as sort of your your language coach for the week and nudging you when you need to speak in a very small private group with your accommodation taken care of, your food taken care of so you can relax and focus on the language. That's a language retreat. We are going to Berlin to have a wonderful experience. It's going to be so much fun. Berlin is happening in the first week of December. I would love for you to check it out. So go to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash retreats or you also find it on the Fluent Show website and I'll put it in the show notes. Come to Berlin, come to Berlin with me or just inquire if you're interested. I think you will absolutely love it and I've seen so much success with these retreats in the past. The other thing, quick reminder, is that the Fluent Show now has a Patreon. So don't forget to check us out on Patreon. Lots and lots of stuff to do. I have been Kirsten Cable from fluentlanguage.co.uk. I'm so pleased always to have you listening to the show. You can find me on social media at Kirsten underscore Fluent on Instagram, at Fluent Language on Twitter, at Fluent Language on Facebook. Those are kind of my core Fluent fluent, fluent media, <laughs> fluent social media channels. And of course, you can email the show hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk. Goodbye. Adios. Will Vaur. <laughs>